Hi, my name is Roy, and this is the Synth UX Academy podcast. This is the first episode, and I'm pretty excited. I'm probably going to be f***ing up a lot of things here. But hey, <laughs> to bring some context to this, I started a few months ago uh, a little thing online where I bring my, uh, my teaching, my education uh, to the online space. Before that, I was a teacher for about seven years. Now I'm teaching product design. And uh, due to COVID, I had to move things online. So this is part of it. Now, uh, when I design my course, I do all sorts of interviews with people and I bring them to class. But because of COVID, we couldn't really do that. And then I thought, what if I would just do interviews with designers uh, from all over the world and just record them to construct my courses? And I thought, why not just release it as a podcast? It was kind of like a natural um, uh, progression from uh, just making a course out of it. So this is this podcast. I'm going to make this short. The, uh, the idea that we're going to be talking uh, about today is randomness and how we create randomness by tapping into nature. And the person I'm going to be interviewing is Michelangelo from Clatter's Machines. And uh, he's uh, in Italy, in Rome. Uh, working with his partner, who is also a graphic designer. And it was a really insightful conversation about how he, as um, an engineer, comes up with the idea for a little module that will tap into nature, capture data, and translate it to control voltage to be able to control um, um, your synthesizer. So, without further ado, Michelangelo, Collateral's Machines. I thought, like, why not try to build my own synthesizer? So it all started from there just for fun. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I read something about the MIDI Sprout, and I thought it was such a beautiful idea. And since also my, uh, my background studies were uh, mostly um, founded around uh, data uh, processing from living beings, I thought like, okay, maybe maybe I can I can do it, do my own circuit with my own style, with uh, a different approach in uh, data recording from living beings, and so it all started from there just for fun. And after almost one year and a half of prototyping, uh, the garden listener was born. Cool. So, so the idea you you actually uh, worked with uh, uh, data from uh, from biological uh, beings uh, earlier yes, when you university. when you studied in in Glasgow. Yeah. yeah, 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 in my university, yeah. Right, and then when you start working on this, um, how did the first prototype look like? <laughs> Let me show you. So actually. Um, everything starts with a breadboard, but uh, seems it, it, it's not a, like a permanent type of uh, of circuit. Uh, and, and I always proceed like uh, step by step. I mean, uh, the first thing I did was this one. Okay, it's just a little, very ugly box, and huge. Let let, let me just see if I'm recording it with the other camera, this one. And um, I actually proceed uh, step by step. And what I mean is that even though at the time my idea of Garden Listener was already there, I mean, I wanted to do 
something that was able to capture signals from living beings and transform them um, into uh, MIDI data and CV signal. Um, what I think it's very useful and actually uh, the what, what I think is the best way to proceed is um, taking it step by step. So trying to divide the whole project into like different areas, uh, work on them separately and then try to mix them all together. Mm -hmm. So actually the first idea was just a little machine that was able to capture um, signal from human being and transforming them into MIDI data. So right. this is actually something which is not related to the Eurorack world, uh, just a simple box with uh, a lot of ugly wires. <laughs> and just, uh, this is was just to understand if I was, um, uh, uh, just to understand if the idea was good, if, if I was going in the right direction, because uh, before trying to convert all this MIDI data into CV signal, I have to be sure that those MIDI data are correct mm -hmm. in terms of what the probes are capturing from, from living beings. Yeah. So if you, if you try to make, uh, the more complex you go, the more likely you're going to make mistakes. So it's better if you start simple, um, you, uh, you're sure that everything you're doing is correct. Once you're sure that everything is correct, you, you go to the next step. Yeah. So the next step in terms of this little ugly machine was trying to understand if all the small errors I could hear was actually uh, due to just some magnetic magnetic fields that um, creates when you work with all of these wires completely uncovered, or, we, or if it was uh, a mistake due to uh, actually my calculation, my code, or uh, my circuit design. Mm -hmm. So I went for a more stable and let's say uh, less ugly prototype. So the next step, uh, was just to uh, bring this type of prototype in a more permanent way, just to making sure that all the small errors that I could hear was were just due to magnetic fields and not to my personal mistake. Um, um, circuit uh, prototyping or just coding. So I went for a more stable prototype, which is made out of uh, printed circuit board, in which uh, everything is like more more compact. Actually, this is just to understand if what I'm doing is right. What it, what is on my on my laptop is right because prototyping, uh, at least just for me, uh, it's also made out of sketches on paper, but also on software. Because if you if if you have to print a, a final circuit board, you have to have some kind of files. I personally, I personally use KiCad and I have to, um, to be sure that what's on KiCad is the same thing that it's on my paper or it's on my prototype on the, on the breadboard. So there, it, it comes a time in which you have to, to try to print the real circuit board just to be sure that everything you're doing is right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 
after this one, the next step should be uh, actually come back to the prototyping board and trying to understand how to convert this MIDI data into CV signals. And after that prototype, another uh, and other uh, breadboard prototyping, and we came with a final design that you see on our Instagram page yeah. of the of the garden listener. So the first prototype you showed me, this large box, um, yeah. this this was initiated before any uh, uh, sketches or anything like that. It was just like looking into the electronics, trying to figure out the code, tweaking things yeah. in this box. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then from there, did you, um, um, was there a moment of um, testing with other people? Or was it just internally? Uh, like yeah, sure. Actually, it's... Um... It's all about testing. I mean, every day it's a every day it's a testing day. Let's say because if you um, you have to, especially with this kind of product in which everything is quite very random. So um, there is no way to understand. Okay, this is working properly. Okay, this is not working because actually every living beings produces um, a different kind of signal. So you actually, you are not able to understand if this is going in the right direction or in the wrong one. Mm -hmm. So the only thing to do was like testing, testing, testing with also some uh, other softwares for analyzing MIDI data or actually trying to play it with, uh, with Ableton. I personally use Ableton. So I try to control some VST and trying to understand if this is something was something musical that people would love it or that could have been useful in some kind of way. Yeah. And was this tested also with other people once you figured it out? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we are uh, in our company. We are two people. There's me, which is like more the electronic designer and then my girlfriend which is a graphic designer so everything you see if you like it if it looks good it's because of her yeah and uh, she's a mus musician too and we have actually a lot of friends uh, that play music and make music with in different styles and different ways so I just uh, produce a lot of these little guys and send it all around Italy to to my friends just to uh, to know what uh, what their thoughts was. Well, yeah. And then, what kind of feedback did you get? Do you re do you remember any like specific feedback that you felt like uh, oh this 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 is like uh, this is a milestone? I really need to change a bunch a bunch of things here, and then I'm going to get to a well, actually, level. everything, um, they were all quite happy with this. And uh, the only thing everyone asked for was like to be able to be more in control of what is happening. Because actually, once you plug this little guy with a plant and uh, with the MIDI port to your, to your laptop, um, everything is going on. It's actually out of your control right so yeah so there is actually no interaction other than just connecting this with a plant actually the only interaction is between the plant and the program sure. yeah 
and then so so everybody were like okay can i have a bit more control what what exact what kind of control did they ask for well like uh trying to uh, actually address the midi port for example just to in, in this prototype uh, you you were not able to to, um, to choose the midi channel mm -hmm. so um they were actually asking for something more uh, in which uh, they could control actually more stuff into the door. So being able to select the MIDI channel, if you uh, if you are actually using uh, like uh, more machines with different MIDI channels, that that could be quite uh, confusing if you are not able to select one specific for this type of. Uh, instrument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing was like uh, uh, being able to control actually the sensitivity of the probes, which um, at this stage um, we had sensibility control, but it was kind of an, uh, an early prototype, an early attempt. So uh, we tried to figure it out how to improve this aspect. Yeah. So that's okay. basically uh, with this uh, kind of feedback, we realized uh, that a sort of menu was needed with different parameters to be right. changed and controlled easily. Right. Okay. So that's so that's then the 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 second prototype. And did you make another one that was only MIDI, or did you move right away to the CV version? No, we. Um, we went for the CV directly for the CV version. Was it uh, always the plan to go towards Eurorack? Uh, no, actually, a lot of testing were done with my actually my fingers because uh, it, it uh, it's actually easier. I mean, you don't have to plug all the um, the snap-on electrodes on the plan. You have to be sure that um, the hydration status of the plant is good and which. The, the plant is it's actually fine so just for simplicity and because it, it, it's actually faster and easier sometimes i just use the uh, my fingers on on the probes yeah and then uh, so when you started about two years ago uh, you started with only controlling midi but was yeah. always the goal to make a euro rack module yeah 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 Okay, so this was always the goal. You just you you had to start first of all with something that actually just creates MIDI signals, and yeah, then from there exactly. shift towards. I just went step by step from the easiest step to the hardest one, yeah. just to be sure that all the process, everything in, inside the process was right. I mean, if I if I started from um, just. Let, let's say I'm starting right now and I want to prototype something like something like this. If the CV signal is not working, maybe an error could be everywhere. But if you're sure that everything you have done before is right, the error just could be in the in the last step you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, was just a way to uh, be sure that uh, the troubleshooting process could have been done in a easier way in an easier way yeah because uh, i mean troubleshoot um when when you prototype something uh 
be sure that uh, on your first try, nothing is going to work. <laughs> that, that, that there will always be some mistakes somewhere. And troubleshooting can be actually quite hard and uh, uh, time consuming. So actually uh, I'm always trying to minimize the troubleshooting time by uh, keep things simple, uh, be sure they're working and then trying to uh, make, make them more complex and complex and complex until I'm satisfied with the, with the result. Yeah, so that's on the technical side to not really add a lot of uh, uh, variables at the same time. Exactly. Every time you, you add one or two variables, you test them out and then you move on to another one. Otherwise, it can get yeah. out of control. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so then you, you had that prototype and you, uh, you had all this feedback and you figured out I actually need to have um, a bunch of uh, uh, controls there. How did you... Uh, what was the next prototype? So the next prototype is here. Let, let, let me just show you. It's actually quite similar to the, to the official version. Um, um, something changed uh, is this one. Um, let me just see if I'm okay. Um, this is actually very close to the final product. We actually just changed something in terms of aesthetics. Not no, there's nothing more. Uh, uh, the electronics and all the coding stuff is actually the same of the final product. We actually just uh, realized that uh, things could have been done in a different way, uh, in a way that actually. We like it uh, in terms of just lights and uh, and stuff like that. But uh, this is actually the closest thing we uh, we got uh, the closest to the actually the final product. So in terms of the interaction, um, once you had the the initial feedback from your friends, then you basically just had to implement it into the the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, actually, this was uh, easier just because this is more, um, uh, uh, in terms of electronics, this is not so complex. And so uh, there are not so many things. It's actually more about coding. So um, it was actually easier to, uh, to jump from one stage to, to the other because there are not so many things that changed in terms of electronic circuit and components. How did you figure out the, the interaction itself? I know that you need to press a button and then um, uh, you can hold it and like it can get fairly uh, complex with this, uh, with, with interaction in general. So how did you make a decision on how it would be interactive? Uh, we try to keep it very simple just because this is more like um, mm, this is more like a, an experimenting mo module, something that probably you cannot control um, on stage, for example. Mm -hmm. This is something meant more like for experimenting, trying to understand and to discover different patterns and new stuff, new, new ways to to make music. So actually controls are quite simple just because um, when 
if you if you're talking about randomness that um that's complex enough so mm-hmm. uh keep it simple it was really the key of um of everything so yeah but you do have uh, uh, a few uh lights there and you can control a bunch of different things yeah so how did you decide on what things should actually be controllable um so um it all depends on what's your vision on the, on the instrument i mean uh, this is meant to be a very random random module so um, if you the more control you add the less random it is mm-hmm. so for example um um you have some control on the musical scales but you actually uh, cannot decide exactly which note you are about to hear that uh, that's a feature that could have been implemented but we didn't just because um it wasn't um as the the right thing to do if you, um if you, the more the more things you control the um, the less random it is yeah but then uh, so we just decided to control like sensitivity and midi channel so musical scale and nothing more so sensitivity channel and musical scale yeah and actually led brightness but this is just just for ambience and it's not related to to music and then once you start once you created this uh uh this pro the first prototype with cv um mm-hmm. was that tested as well <clears throat> yeah sure yeah uh, with with other people uh no just just us just you yeah <laughs> and then you just made a batch and 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 started selling it no of course i am um, i mean it wasn't um i wouldn't call it testing just uh send it to some friends just to to know uh their thoughts yeah but actually i wasn't looking for some feedbacks in terms of okay cool this should do this and that So what what I were you just trying for? to understand okay do you think this is something valuable this is something you would buy Yeah So that's so when I'm teaching user experience design this is what I define as the core of a test Yeah <laughs> Because bottom line it's it's about someone willing to buy this and play it because they really really enjoy it So What kind of feedback did you get from people when you gave them uh, and, and you started asking for their thoughts? Well, they were actually um, uh, enthusiastic about this. So actually, that was the only moment in which I understood, okay, what I'm doing is good. Yeah, this is going in the right direction. Um, we can be ready for, for selling. For... Yeah. This was actually quite late in the process. So like at the beginning when you sent it to your friends when you just had the, the initial box, mm-hmm. um, this was just to test the, uh, for the technicality, if the technicality works. You didn't really ask uh, them for their opinion on like would they actually yes. buy it? Yeah, no, just 
that just was for uh, technical reasons. And actually, quite later, we decided to that maybe a simple product like this uh, could have been also sold um, sold for people that that are not into uh, Euro, the Eurorack world. Mm-hmm. It is can be like more a more like a, a desktop uh, synth or, or product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but you, you... Um, this is what um, at the at the beginning this was wasn't actually meant to be so, to be sold, and actually yeah. it's not yet because uh, we are we are looking for a nice acrylic case and things are are going to evolve <laughs> somewhere. So so you actually want to create a uh, like a a product out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it makes sense. There, there are a lot of people who are not using modular and just media yeah, is exactly yeah, cool. And then so when you started uh, uh, selling the product, so people didn't really get the product yet. No, no, not yet. So it's it's a bit hard. You I actually really... send it to some people I know just to uh, just for let's say marketing stuff. So. I actually mm-hmm. had or already had some external, completely external feedback. And and how how was this feedback? Can you share some thoughts from there? Well, um, everyone is saying that uh, this is actually a very nice thing to experiment with, just to trying to bring uh, some randomness to your creativity pattern of uh, mm-hmm. making music i mean this could um uh if you, for example if you plug the cv out of this module into let's say the one volt per octave of every uh let's say oscillator modules mm-hmm. uh, of course there are going to be moments in which things will be completely out of tune and um let let's say non-musical but there are also going to be moments in which you you stopped like okay this is this is beautiful this is good i have to lay it down somehow yeah um so i guess the real uh strength it's uh exactly this one so you it's a very good thing to find inspiration and to uh, think out of your usual scheme of making music or uh, composing and writing down melodies or like controlling an effects in a very random and casual way, which is actually, which can be quite um, interesting and uh, yeah. And and do you have in mind uh, uh, other projects that are going to come in the future that are inspired yeah, by yeah, this? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, actually, the main goal is trying to make uh, a whole rack full of just our products, being able to make music only using our products. So actually, the main goal is trying to make an oscillator, a sequencer, and a mixer, and some reverb, some delays, and stuff like that. But um, at the same time, um, actually, you uh, this can be quite time-consuming, but just because 
you have to think about something that um, that uh, that is valuable from for for a product. I mean, if I if I'm making if let's say tomorrow I'm releasing my new oscillator, okay. Uh, why should you buy mine instead of the one from from a big company? Mm-hmm. So actually, um, uh, the hardest part is not making the oscillator, but it's uh, trying to uh, figure it out like uh, a sort of feature or something that w- that no one has done before, and something that uh, will convince you to buy my oscillator instead of the one from from a big company yeah so would you say that the the that concept of randomness is going to be uh, something you're exploring further to to get that uniqueness of like cluttered uh, uh clutter machines are like on in this space that's more like yours yeah yeah i would say that i would say i definitely would say that yeah Cool. I That's... think that when you are not in control of what you're doing, most of the times uh, the most beautiful things happen. So uh, that will definitely be a feature implemented in everything we will do. I think that that makes it quite of a unique standpoint. Um, just like you said, if you're making, I mean, anyone can make an oscillator from a 555 chip or just yeah. a capacitor and resistor <laughs> for that for that matter uh so so it's really about making something that's a bit more unique and um and it's it's really nice it's really nice to see projects like um um like the garden listener because it feels like a complete thing and also like it makes a lot of sense that now you're saying that your partner is a graphic designer so like the the look of it is not yeah. Uh, it's not of an engineer it's like I also saw the <laughs> like the, the 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 book and I'm like okay there's definitely some proper graphic designer with typography yeah. uh, uh, typography classes behind her <laughs> well aesthetics is also very important I think for um, let's just take the, a stupid example of a mold everyone can make a mold it is the easiest thing you can do and we are actually about to release our mold but well, what makes it so special? Uh, actually, uh, there's nothing special apart from graphics because the seed, um, you actually cannot came out came out with a, a new layout or configuration for jets. A mult is a mult. It's it's like this and will always stay like this. So the only thing you can do uh, to uh, convince people to buy your mold is just to make it nicer. Yeah. So actually, sometimes it's aesthetics is actually more important than than electronics. <laughs> uh, I think I think in, in many cases it's the electronics. Uh, the electronics are the the least important part because if you think about um, a lot of synthesizers uh, on their core, they're basically the same thing. Yeah, it's a matter of like, is this knob larger here, or do you have like three faders here, or just small knobs, and is it like this big or this big, and doesn't yeah. have these graphics or these graphics? But bottom line, everything is like an oscillator, a filter, maybe another oscillator. It's the way that you combine things together, perhaps. Um, so that's I think that's what makes it uh, really stand out that you you yeah. think about the complete um, product and make something that would be. Um, 
for a specific target audience, this would fit. Uh, and for other people, it won't because it's really for these particular people. Nice. I'm, I'm really happy we had a chance to, uh, to talk about this. Um, do you want to add anything about, uh, about the future plans? Well, it's actually everything quite unpredictable. We are working on a new sequencer, but um, the, it is very complex. Uh, it's going to take some time, but uh, yeah, definitely. The next, uh, next module is going to be a sequencer for sure. Uh, cool. I actually love sequencer and but uh, uh, they actually uh, they are like uh, uh, the most important things you could have in terms of composition. Well, mm -hmm. at least that's what I believe. Yeah, because uh, uh, they actually allows you to do very different things, and we are trying to make it uh as complex as we can because just um if you have just like a stupid like let's say eight step sequencer that okay this is fun but this is not useful uh so we want to make actually something useful something you would use on your everyday music experience when if you're if you are talking about composition and we're also actually trying to make it uh, let's say as uh, um, to bring some randomness in it, even though if it's it's a sequencer, which is actually the opposite of a of a random things. So mm -hmm. uh, we are studying it, and I don't know when when it's going to to come out. But what, what's your favorite um, uh, modular sequencer? Well, uh, I I don't have a favorite. Uh, something that uh, it's not modular, but because it's mostly uh, related to my musical experience, that was actually the very first sequencer I've ever touched in my in my entire life, and that's the Korg SQ1, which okay. is completely uh, well. I mean, it, it's not a Eurorack module, but it's meant for Eurorack stuff, and yeah. that's actually the very first sequencer I've ever used or touched. And so it, it has a special, uh, a special place in my heart, let's say. So you're going to uh, use it as, as inspiration, but it's going to be way far, like a lot, like far, far from it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I think that uh, um, it's it's interesting to to see the uh, the, the process. Like, what's the what's the um, how are you? How are you planning this ahead? Is there is there like uh, now uh, prototyping, coding, sketching? Do you already start thinking about the the design of the interface and the interaction, or you just think about the functionality? Uh, right now, I'm just thinking about the functionality. It's more like uh, trying to sketch some, uh, just to trying to lay down some ideas or some ideas of circuit or so many uh, some ideas of the menu structures um, in the early process of creating like a Eurac module actually um, I'm not focused on just one aspect of the thing I'm just trying to figure it out 
uh, how it's going to look like, what what is going to to perform, what uh, uh, how big or how small would it be? What yeah, I'm just saying uh, it's more like a, a confusing uh, ocean of 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 ideas, which I try to uh, to print off on on paper or on a breadboard, and after that. Uh, you, you, usually after a couple of months of this cha chaotic uh, thing, I start to understand the direction in which I want to go. And from, from then, uh, actually, the more engineering part of the process starts in which I, I take my breadboard, I try to design a sim the simple circuit I can uh, just to understand if this is working, if I like it. Uh, and then from from then I try to add more and more complexity to it. Yeah. So the so the first phases when you define the size and the, the functionality actually does not really have any any uh, sound in it in this phase. No, no, not at all. I'm uh, I'm just thinking, okay, I want a sequencer, I want uh, eight step, sixteen step, thirty-two step sequencer. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to live recording to a glide to uh, do I want a graphical interface or not? Just uh, stuff like that. And this is actually also depends on what's on the market. I mean, uh, I could make something with a very let's say rare part. But I and maybe I will like it a lot. But I also have to think. Okay, I am. I have to. I have to sell this thing. Where should I? Where should I buy all these rare parts? If I if I cannot find it, this is this is not doable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. And and do you have do you have a specific target audience in mind when you're thinking about the people who would actually buy this particular sequencer? No, no, not not by now. So that's that's one that's uh, would you say that this is part of these few months to like figure this out? Uh, I I think I'm going to figure this out while I'm I will uh, playing with an early prototype of uh of the sequencer i mean hmm, when it, i believe that it's only when you are playing your instrument you are going to understand which kind of musician uh will be more like likely to to buy it or not yeah yeah that, that's, uh, actually... that's not something you can came out with just uh with your head you, yeah, you, you need, actually you to... have to, to see the product to, to to hear how it sounds, what it does, what it's capable of. Yeah, so you first of all you first of all play around with your ideas in your own head, but you're not really considering who is gonna play it. You kind of like let go and just allow yourself no, to come up no, with the wildest just, ideas. By now I just want to make something fun and useful, uh, which I personally would use in my in my music experience every yeah. day yeah and then from there once you have the the basic prototype then you're going to start speculating who uh who is yeah. it really for yeah, yeah. 
Cool, that's interesting. I, I wish I'll see uh, uh, more of, of this process uh, in the coming months. Sure, sure. But um, probably there, there, there are going to be something on, on our Instagram page, definitely, for sure. Cool. I, th um, I think also for people that, that um, it can be quite, quite interesting and also uh, it's also actually um, social media can also give you some feedbacks on what you're doing, on what, what do people want, what do people like, what do people don't want. Yeah. How, 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 do, you, how do you figure, how do you use social media for, for getting what people want or don't want? Well, uh, mostly asking questions or uh, just uh, trying to understand the feedback I get from, let, let's say, a post or an Instagram stories and stuff like that. Uh, actually, it's not, uh, there's not so much interaction, interaction but um, uh, I... I guess uh, asking questions through Instagram stories can be quite uh, uh, quite helpful. Interesting. Do, do you remember any uh, particular question you asked and the feedback you got that felt like, oh, interesting. I, I have now more substance to something that I was thinking about already or maybe, oh, this is really surprising. I had no idea people were going to be looking at this this way. Well, uh, actually, uh, not in this way, but uh, we just tried to understand uh, in the early days, we just tried to understand if what we were doing was something that people actually would, would have liked it. So uh, we actually received just a lot of feedback in terms of, okay, uh, a lot of people were like, uh, oh, this is cool. I, I really want it. What, what is it doing? What is it not doing? and stuff like that. So we actually uh, understood through, actually through social media that <laughs> what we were doing was something actually val valuable and that people so, would, have, would have loved it. Weren't you afraid that people were gonna steal your idea? Uh, no, 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 because actually there are, um, as I say, this is more about programming than circuitry. So actually, no one has the code, except except for me. <laughs> so. Okay, so you felt like yeah, I mean, no one can really code this. Uh, so. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting, but th there are other uh, um, uh, other devices that create randomness or like uh, use also props to to grab. Uh, data that you know of? Uh, the uh, Xion Instro, for sure. Okay. But uh, actually, we wanted to go in the opposite direction of that. Because as I said, like, for example, the Xion has uh, tons of controls in which you can actually uh, tame what the, the data flow that uh, probes are sending to your Europe module. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually wanted to go in, in the opposite direction. I mean, uh, we just wanted uh, real randomness and all the controls you have on this, on this front panel, they are actually not designed just to tame what, what is going on inside this, this thing but it's actually 
the, these controls are actually made for you in order to adapt to what the plant is doing. That's really interesting. It's for you to adapt to what the plant is doing. Well, if you are using this module, you have to understand that you are not in control of what is going on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually not about control. It's just we, about we you should... understanding the plant. It's happening in the shield. Sorry, you're yeah. breaking for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I, I, I was saying, um, if, if you're using this module, you have to understand and to know that uh, you are actually not in control of what, what is happening. And yeah. I, I, that's the beauty of it, I think, because uh, other devices like the Xion from Instro is more like for you to control what is happening inside the plant. I mean, uh, you, you are receiving a sort of signal of signals and you decide uh, which part of that signal is going to affect your, your, your Eurorack. And uh, in this one, we actually decided to go in the opposite direction. So uh, all the controls you have, they're actually for you to adapt to what is going on on the probes. Come again? For you too? Uh, this is actually for you to adapt to what is going on inside the plant, what the plant, what signal, signals the plant is it's sending to, to your module. It's actually to get the best out of the, of the signals you are receiving. Yeah, I think I think I understand what you mean. I think I understand what you mean. You're you're saying that um, as as a user, you uh, you receive the data from from the plant, and the and you can route this data, but there is not much of uh, uh, and and you can perhaps minimize it to a certain degree. Um, yeah. But other than that, there is not much you could uh, you could do with it. You're just like transferring whatever is there directly into your system exactly yeah and that's what makes it uh, stand out yeah yeah i think that that what makes it so different from everything you can you can find on the market i think yeah and and actually that's what i love about randomness because if you are talking about randomness um, there, there isn't actually real randomness in electronics. I mean, even uh, even a Turing machine or something like that, which is reported to be random, it's actually not random because all the sequences uh, actually decided from a microcontroller and someone has programmed that micro that that microcontroller. So mm -hmm. it's actually not real randomness. Let's say. Yeah. And. Uh... Yeah, you, I mean, you could, uh, like, uh, white noise is complete randomness, isn't it? Yeah, but then sample and hold is not going to be complete randomness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, 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 that's a good a, point. That's kind of a trippy point, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, thanks so much. I think this was this was really valuable. Um, uh, I really appreciate that you took the time for this. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see the, the, the sequencer. Yeah, sure.
Cool. Michelangelo, thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you very much. Bye.